Hold your Bible up in the air. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind and a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I will never be the same. Shout it out, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more big praise. He's worthy. Amen. Just, you know, Shelby and I, I guess I can speak for you, or would you like to come up and no, you don't want to? You sure? We take time. You can come on up. She doesn't want to tonight. Uh, just want to tell you thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. There's no place we'd rather be than right here leading you. Absolutely. Trust me, if there's any place we'd rather be, we'd be there. And so we're, we're happy to be here. We're excited about what God's doing. We know that there's an incredible future for us as a body and as individuals. God has an incredible plan for your life. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11. Don't know if you've ever heard that one before, but it says, I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. The, the word prosper means to cause to rise to a desired level. There is a position in life God's trying to lift you up to so that you can accomplish and fulfill destiny in your life. There is hope of a future. Hope of a future. Everybody say hope of a future. You, you know, I, I know we talk about it almost every week. The fact is, is every week we also talk to people who haven't quite wrapped their mind around the reality that there is a hope of a future. They're still dealing with the pain of the past, still dealing with issues that have come and tried to weigh them down and hold them down and break them down. If the enemy can, he'll do anything he can to get you to cave in, give up, and quit. But we're not a people that cave in, give up, or quit. Amen? There's hope of a future. Amen? I, I believe in future, don't you? How many believe that your God believes in future? He ain't holding your past over your head. He's not pointing out every mistake you ever made. No, he's got great expectation for you and for your life. And there's anointing, there is empowerment, there's all kinds of, uh, of uh, gifts. And God wants to do anything he can to move you from where you are to where he's taking you. Amen. God, God's got a plan. God's got a plan. I said, God's got a plan. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope you're listening tonight. Here's another scripture you might not have heard in a long time. John 10, 10. And amplified. Look, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that they may have life and enjoy life, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Look at that. I came that they may have and enjoy life. Have and enjoy life. Have and enjoy life. Come on, guys, if you're not enjoying life, you're getting ripped off. If you're not enjoying life, you're living the wrong one. Might as well, might as well have some fun. Amen? Sometimes, I think sometimes we get so caught up in the stuff we shouldn't be doing. You know, you're, you know, you get a religious mindset kind of going. And, and, and you know, and I'm not telling you that, that you know, to just go, you know, go out and get drunk. However, some of you probably be a good idea just one time. Um, just kidding. I, I got to be careful because I know that's the only thing some of you guys are going to hear, and you're going to actually do that. That'll be the first thing I ever said to do that you did. <laughs> that's, that's the most 
Excited I've seen Marty in church in about three years. Sometimes we're so, we're so caught up in what we shouldn't be doing that we forget what we're supposed to be doing. Having a good time. Enjoying life. Walking in victory. Demonstrating Satan's defeat. Humiliating hell. Come on, somebody. We're supposed to be on the top. The Bible says that we're above only, not beneath. Blessed coming in. Blessed going out. That, you know, uh, hey, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now living inside of you. What more do you need? Come on, guys. You've, you've been given a Zoe life, a God life, a God life, a God life. It ought to be enjoyable. If, if you've got a life that's not enjoyable, you should immediately recognize that ain't God life, that's you life. Right? Yeah, trust me, most of us are, well, I'd say every single one of us, given the opportunity to just do what we want, we could create an unenjoyable experience. But the God life, oh, come on, somebody. Remember, we talked about in his presence, we are undone, right? We're undone. And, and with, his, uh, with his power operating in us, we live a life that is unreal. And by his spirit, we are unafraid. Now what we got to get ourselves to realize is that we need to live a life that is uncontained. John 10.10, in the Amplified, it says, in abundance, to the full, go ahead and put it up for me, would you? In abundance, to the full, till it overflows. Get this picture now. Have it in abundance, to the full, till it overflows. This is the life God wants you to have. God life, Zoe life, in abundance, more than you need. Come on now, you got, you got more life than you got situation. Some of us are under the impression that the situation is too big for our life. No, no, no. You got more life than you have situation. You got in abundance to the full till it overflows. The life God gave you is an uncontained life. Now, you got an enemy that's doing everything he can to press you in in every direction he can to try to put a cork in you, to try to tighten you up, to try to get you to live in fear, to try to captivate you, to hold you back. Because, if it, it, listen, when we rise up and live the God life that we've been called to live, man, we're, we're going we're gonna, to uh, bring a freedom and a liberty to our community that is beyond belief. You 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 got it. You got to understand right now. Right now, the tendency is to get a little bit nervous and looking at the situations and begin and, and see. That's the enemy trying to 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 box people in and, and press you in. Right now is a golden opportunity for God's people to rise up and and demonstrate manifest glory. The, the market might be going down, and, and they might not have a very good bailout plan, but, oh, trust me, God's got a bailout plan. Blow your mind. In abundance, to the full, till it overflows. Look at your neighbor and say, till it overflows. You've got to understand that the enemy came to steal from you. He came to kill. He came to destroy. But Jesus came and defeated him. He, he, he uh, crushed him, and he put you in control. 
You have the right to make a choice. I think one of the greatest powers that we possess uh, just as humans is the ability to choose. You, you get to choose uh, what kind of life you're going to live. You, you, you get to make a choice. And I realize that it, you might be able to say, well, you know, great uh, tragedy has occurred in my life. Um, and, you know, and where did that come from? Well, the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust, right? In this world, there should be tribulation. But, uh, you know, and there's a scripture we're going to get to in a little bit. Most of us can quote at least part of it because we got one of them bread boxes that you pull the scripture out of and read it, right? A Holy Ghost fortune cookie holder. And, and uh, you, you, you pull a scripture out, and most of us can quote, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Do you realize that in Psalms 1 it, it says that, that everything you put your hand to will prosper? Whatever you do will prosper. Whatever you do will prosper. The weapon formed against you won't. But what you do with it will, you know, okay, stuff happens in life. What you going to do with it? Remember, the position you're in isn't nearly as important as the disposition that you're in. You know, what you going to do with your situation? Well, I'm going to rise up and live the God life. Man, you know what? Uh, it, tragedy can be gasoline on your fire. Everything's looking shaky. Everything's looking bad. Everybody's getting nervous, and here we are, and we got that, you know, we got a spirit-filled smile on our face because we know that God is on my side. He will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He knows exactly where I live. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory, not according to the state of the economy, but according to his riches in glory. When I do what he said, he produces what he promised every single time. Oh, come on, somebody. We ought, to be, we ought to be just on the edge of revival breakthrough when you look around at the current situation and realize God is positioning you to demonstrate Zoe life. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm in a good mood. <laughs> Remember, you're chosen by God. You're called. You know, I, I'd love to take a lot of time tonight just talk about being chosen. Chosen. If you're chosen, how many believe you're chosen? You are a chosen generation, right? You are chosen. Well, if you're chosen, there's purpose. See, if the enemy can get you to not believe you're chosen, then he don't even have to worry about for what. But to every chosen, there's a for what attached to it, right? You're chosen by God. You're called by God. You're called out of darkness into the marvelous light of his dear son. You're anointed by God. You've been blessed by God. Again, the blessing, that's not just the car and the boat and the house. No, th those are the results of the blessing. The blessing is that you've been positioned to win or succeed in any situation. Oh, hear me. You've been positioned to win or succeed in any situation. You have the right, like Paul, to stand up and say, I have strength for all things. I am ready to anything that comes my way through Christ who is infusing me with an inner strength. Man, I, we got what it takes. You, I said, you've got what it takes. There are days, there are days when life can wipe the smile off your face, but it can't rip the root of joy from your heart. Amen? 
Why? Because we know something. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We, we, we know what the Bible says, that we are not going under, we are going over. Amen? We're going to make it, we've got what it takes, and we're going to get her done. Look at this scripture, 1 Corinthians 4. 1 Corinthians 4, let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Everybody say stewards. Okay, you are a steward. Realize that the life God's given you is not a life you own, it's a life on loan. Okay, the life God's given you is not a life you own, it's a life on loan. Okay, Zoe life that you've been granted, you've got to steward that now. And see, the steward is somebody who deals with uh, the belongings of another in a manner that is pleasing to the owner. I know that a lot of times we talk about stewardship. You bring up the word stewardship, and people automatically think about being, you know, tight-fisted, cheap. Hello? Oh, you don't know how many people I've heard talk about how cheap they are and then try to put a, a, a label of steward on it. Well, I'm just going to be a good steward. No, you're just so tight, you hurt yourself when you move. Hello? Stewards, stewardship, they automatically, they automatically go to their money. Why? Because they're afraid they're going to lose it. Well, keep it. Just hang on tight. Bury it somewhere. You know, but that ain't stewardship. That's actually fear. It's either fear or greed, and you don't look greedy, so I just think you're scared. It's not stewardship. Stewardship is the ability to do what God wants with what God's given you. Okay? And we're supposed to be accounted as stewards of the mysteries of God. Stewards. And it goes on in verse 2, and it says that it is required in a steward that a man be found faithful. Everybody say faithful. Oh, don't, don't say it like you're scared. Faith, faithful, oh God. He's going to talk about being faithful. Have you ever noticed that when we talk about lying, people who don't lie enjoy it? Never had anybody get mad at me about preaching about lying when they weren't a liar. Isn't that odd? You know, you, you, you talk about whoremongers, and the only people that get upset are the whoremongers. Talk about faithful, and the only people who get mad are the unfaithful. Don't, don't get nervous. Don't be offended by the word. Just realize, okay, th there is something that we're going to bring to you uh, tonight that has the ability to change everything about your future. Let's wrap our brain around this for just a minute. God has given me a life. It is a high life. Matthew 10, 39, the Amplified Bible says that if you get the high life, you're going to have to let go of the low life because if you hang on to the low life, you're going to miss out on it, the high life, right? There's a higher level of life. There is God life, Zoe life, in abundance to the full till it overflows kind of life. Well, where's it at? Well, you're a steward of that life. 
So in order to really see the fullness of that life, you have to be faithful in that life that God has given you. So that when you're faithful, what's he going to do? He's going to increase that life that he's given you. You got to be faithful with what God's given you. You got to do what God wants you to do with what God's given you, not what you want to do. Because it's not a life you own, it's a life on loan. Okay, you with me? Okay, we're going to talk about being a faithful steward over the life. We're not talking, you know, we're not going to limit this to your, to, you know, to how much money you put in a bucket. You care less. Man, I'll tell you what, 95%, oh, by the way, before I get into all the statistics I have for you tonight, realize that 87.3% of all statistics used in church were made up. But it does, it does sound better. <laughs> 95% of the believers I know, and, and again, don't get all touchy here, that, that don't come to this church. Okay. <laughs> Trying to figure out how to protect myself. We haven't, we haven't got that bulletproof pulpit yet. I'll go out a different way. Very few believers really operate in Zoe life. Very few. Everything moves them. Gas goes up. They're nervous. Neighbors come over. You're nervous. Boss calls you in. You're freaking out got good days and bad days, and on the good days, God is great, and on the bad days, where's God? You realize that's not Zoe. See, we have the right answers, but the wrong results. We can pass the quiz, but we fail the test. We got T-shirts and bumper stickers, but we ain't got the fruit to prove that we've got Zoe life. Well, where's all this Zoe at? You got to be faithful. You got to steward the life God's given you. You got to handle life since it's not yours, it's his. You got to handle it the way he would want you to handle it, not the way you think it ought to be handled. There is a system of logic that God has that does not line up with a secular system of logic. My ways are higher. My thoughts are higher. Trust me, you, you get in the Bible and you find out that every, the way God thinks is just totally different from the way you'd handle it. But when it gets right down to the, just, just to the simple fundamentals of living life, many of us are not very faithful with the life God's given us. Don't shout me down now. Well, Pastor, what do you mean? Well, it's the ability to handle the affairs and desires of another in a manner that they approve of or desire. To handle life the way God wants you to to handle it. You've got an enemy that's trying to steal life, trying to rip you, rip you off of your passion, your desire, trying to kill your dream and your vision, destroy the motivation to succeed. You've got an enemy that's trying to cause you to live in a contained environment, 
trying to use all that stuff to contain your life, and you got a God who's saying, I've given you life in abundance to the full till it overflows. Let's see that. Come on now, let, let's see that. You, you really want to change? You really want to change your future. Now listen, everybody loves the product of change. Nobody likes the process. Okay, it ain't easy. There is, a, there is an exchange. I talked to you last week about so many people that try to add Jesus to their life. Uh, wrong thing. You don't add Jesus to your life. You exchange your life for the life of Christ in you. Add Jesus. Hey, we just got to get him, just get him in the car. He's not going the same direction. He don't want to go where you're headed. Trust me. You don't even want to go where you're headed. We got to steward our life the way God would have us to do it. We got, Jesus came to pop your cork, cause you to live outside of the boundaries and the confinement of situational uh, chaos. See, when his ability is put on your life, suddenly you are empowered to do what you used to not be able to get done. Now you do it without sweat. You just cruise through stuff. And, and, the, and, and the thing that, you, that would have destroyed you without God, it, it feels like it hurts, but really all it does is make you stronger in God. Seriously, right now, the church in America should be thrilled that we have the opportunity in, in a season of financial devastation, we're going to demonstrate the blessing of God. Man, this is going to rock. Oh, hear me. God's got you exactly where he wants you. Exactly where he wants you. And you got an enemy that's so upset, so nervous. See, you, you're kind of in a drain, dangerous place because, when, you know, when destiny's calling, hell comes hunting. You know, you know that immediately after the seed was sown, the enemy come to try to steal the seed. You, you've got an enemy that's going to mess with you before you get out of the parking lot tonight. You really think that's true, Ethel? He's going to try to try to rip from your grip the, the system of God's logic. But man, I'll tell you what. Just last week, let, let me tell you about you. Just last week when we received the offering for seed that we're going to sow, and we said, you know what, uh, we're believing God for $30,000. Unfortunately, we didn't say 50 grand. Because it was $30,005.24. Actually, I don't even think it's unfortunate. I think God has a very specific plan, and he's orchestrating this thing. And he dropped that number in my spirit, and I confessed it before you. And, and please understand, $30,000 is not like an average weekend. Good God. <laughs> no, you, you got to understand, that's crazy. 
in order to do what God's called us as a body to do, he's going to have to bless somebody to get it done because we, it's going to take a lot to do what God's called us to do. I mean, just imagine if it's a $3 million building project. Well, $3 million has got to come from somebody. It'll probably come from those who participate in that project, which means that an increase is going to have to come into their life in order to position them to bring that in. So God's got to really increase you in order to pay for his plan. Now, you can sit there and think, well, I'm just going to wait and see what happens and watch other people who participate be increased. I mean, you do understand, we, we uh, and, and I've got to hurry here because I'm diverting just a little bit, uh, but um, we're not sending trained fundraisers to your home to get your money. They are untrained. No, we're not sending anybody. <laughs> that got funny, wasn't it, Glenn? So, yeah, we don't want you running from us in the mall. Oh, my God, they're here for our money. I guarantee you at the end of this thing, there won't be any financial stress on the body. You're getting ready to, you're getting ready to see the miraculous. Guys, I got to tell you something. We live here. Okay, it's already a done deal. We ain't going to preach a whole series of messages on building the kingdom. Just ain't doing it. Why? Don't have to. When we're done, you're going to be walking around in that building, and you, you will have either helped get it there, or you'll just still be amazed that it's there. But the people who participate, listen to me, the people who participate, God's got to position you in order to do that. But if you ain't faithful at the beginning, trust me, in the middle, God ain't going to look at you and say, okay, let's go, baby. you got to be faithful. You're not going to see a great explosion of Zoe life at the end of your life if you don't start living it now. Well, where are we not faithful? I hear the whine of your spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just, just let me say this. Jesus is coming to give you courage. He's coming to increase your trust. He's coming to build confidence and hope in your heart and to give you the opportunity to manifest your faith. Remember faith, find your strength. Find your strength. What is it? The joy of the Lord is my strength. So if the enemy can rob you of your joy, then you are a weak one. But if you can maintain your joy, you're going to be a strong one. Does the Bible say be strong? Be strong, be of good courage. Finally, brethren, be strong. It's not a suggestion, it's a commandment. So if you're going to be strong, you're going to have to have joy because joy is your strength. So if you're ticked off and nervous, that's the enemy containing your strength. Find your strength. A in faith is act like a believer. Come on, somebody. Act like a believer. Your actions which are the manifestation of your consistent choices, right? 
consistent choices become actions, those consistent actions become habits. But before something's a habit, it's got to be an action for what? Before you habitually live like a believer. The word habit means something that you can do without thought. Right? See, here, here's, what, here's what gets us is that in the middle of chaos, suddenly we go back to, uh, you, you know, to that just life without thinking. We just start reacting and responding to situations. Well, if you haven't had a consistent action, then you got the wrong habits so before it's a habit to just act, you know, to live like a believer, you got to act like one first. Well, I don't want to act like a believer. Well, then you ain't ever going to be one. Well, I, I want to be real. You need to be unreal. Your real has you in the soup you're in right now. Hello? You know, you know what's funny is that you say, I don't want to put on, I don't want to, I don't want to be a faker. Well, the Bible says be imitators of God, even as dear children imitate their father. And you know what's weird is the double standard that you live by there. Because you know if you have children, you've walked in when they're in a bad mood and you've said, wipe that look off your face right now. <laughs> Hello? You look at them and say, now we're, we're at Grandpa's house. You act like you like to be here. <laughs> you know you've done it. You got to act. Look at your neighbor and say, better start acting like a believer. The T of faith is talk life. Talk life. You know, there's a big challenge for us, but we got to do it. You got to talk life. 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 If you can't talk life, shut up. Oh, come on now. There's been situations that I did not have any life to say. I had to leave the room. Right? Go in the bathroom and encourage myself in the Lord. <laughs> do what you got to do so you can talk life. The H of faith is have some fun. Supposed to be enjoying this life now. Right? Check this out. Isaiah 54. One of the, well, just a great chapter in the Bible. Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren. Thou that didst not bear, break forth and sing. Everybody say sing. sing. Some of you guys don't sing in praise and worship. Come on, sing. You know what the word sing means? Sing. <laughs> nice try. Literally, go home, open up your concordance. The word sing means overcome. If you don't open your mouth, you ain't overcoming. Sing, O barren. Why would God? Have a, I mean, you look at this scripture, and this is just the way my mind works. Why would God go to the one person that has a justifiable reason to not be happy and ask them to sing? Because they're the one person that needs to overcome. Overcome. Break forth into sin. Break forth. In other words, you, you want to break through? Start singing. Get your praise on. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Some of you have been caught with your praise down. See, you got to steward the life God's given you. Then you got to do with life what God's asked you to do with life. He did not ask you to pout. He asked you to shout. He didn't ask you to whine. He asked you to shine. 
Sing. Sing. A little push there for the uh, worship team thing. Okay. Overcome. Overcome. Literally, that word, overcome, which is the same word as come over. It's almost like God's looking at you saying, come over here. It's going to change your perspective. Come over. Get on top of what's trying to contain you. Don't you see the barrenness is trying to contain you, but the life I've called you to live is an uncontained life? So get out from under that. Get on top. How? Sing. You know, maybe, maybe you probably shouldn't be given a microphone. Well, I know a lot of you guys that are going to go to Tony and try to sign up, and you're going to end up in the back somewhere because that's where your gifting is, right? This, this song that God's asking for is actually the melody of your life. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You got to ask yourself, what kind of noise does my life make? When I'm shaken up by circumstance, what's coming out of my life? What can be heard around me? God's on my side. I was on the telephone the other day. I got a phone call. Um, one of the brothers in the church. And he said, you want the good news or the bad news? And I said, I don't believe in bad news. He chuckled and told me the news. I got off the phone, and there was a guy standing there, and he said, you know, that's a very interesting statement. And I thought, my God, the dude's eavesdropping on me. He said, that's a very interesting statement. I don't believe in bad news. I said, I don't. How can you say that? He said, well, because the Bible says that all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Far as I can remember my entire life, I've pretty much done with the exception of 18 months when I was just stupid. I've done everything I could to fulfill the call of God in my life. I love God. So everything works together for good in my life. You mean you've never had anything wrong happen? I've had tons of it. And at the end of every wrong thing happening, I came out smelling better than I did when I went in. Had all kinds of tragedy and chaos and circumstance and obstacle. And on the other side, we've always been better. I think that it was a guy by the name of Paul who said that, you know, he kind of felt good when accusations were coming. Why? Because he suddenly had a, a, an opportunity to experience the love of Christ that he would have never had without that. He knew that, that none of these things, none of these things will harm me. You got to change your tune. You want Zoe? You got you to get God's system of logic, not yours. It makes sense for you to, to whine and complain, but it doesn't make sense to God because God knows that if you're going to be uncontained, you can't be moved by what you see. You got to sing, break forth, break forth into singing. Cry out loud. Get loud about it. Live life loud. Look at verse 2 because we're in a hurry. Enlarge. Everybody say enlarge. enlarge. Get bigger. Get bigger. Life's crushing you. Get bigger than life. Live bigger than your circumstance. 
Come on, guys, Zoe is bigger than your circumstance. I mean, you might as well trust God. If your trust is in the economy, no wonder you're nervous. You know, if that's the stuff that dictates your choices, then you have to rewrite that psalm. You know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You have to say the economy is my shepherd, and I'll do what it says. Because the shepherd is the one that dictates your choices. So if the economy is dictating your choices, then the Lord's not your shepherd, the economy is. Say, I love Pastor Jim. Amen. God's on your side. He who begun a good thing in you ain't about ready to quit. So you shouldn't be. Enlarge the place. Everybody say the place. Okay, so get bigger in the place. The word place is position of effectual opportunity. The Bible says give no place to the enemy. The word place, position of effectual opportunity. Don't give the enemy a position of effectual opportunity in your life. Don't give him a position to manipulate you. Take that back. Enlarge the place of your tent. That's your, your thought processes, your belief system, your confident where you hang. Get big, man. Get big. God ain't going to drop you off now. He's just getting started with the good stuff. Enlarge the place of your tent, the place, the position of your opportunity. 1 Corinthians 16, 9. Check this out. We'll come back here in a minute, but check this out. There's a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. A great door of effectual opportunity is open unto me and many adversaries. We got a great door of incredible opportunity. Incredible opportunity. When people all around us, listen, humanity is suffering, and we've got the healer traveling with us. There are people who have no hope, and we got the giver of hope. He's in relationship with you. There are times I don't know what to do. Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me. I'll answer thee and show you great and mighty things which you don't know. Hidden things, fenced in things, things you couldn't possibly understand. God said, I'll open your eyes, bring revelation and insight. It's going to be all right. It's a huge opportunity. Why does the enemy want to keep you contained? So you'll miss that opportunity to manifest the glory of a living God. No, man, God. God is leading you into situations that, that are out of your control. He leads you into battles you couldn't possibly win. He leads you into problems you couldn't possibly solve. He leads you into situations there's no way you could afford it. So people can see him in and through you. This is a golden opportunity. I don't know your current situation, but I'll tell you what. The pain that's trying to contain you can be swallowed up by the glory that God likes to reveal in you. Well, I need a scripture for that. Romans 8.18 I think it's 818, might be 828. Look, look for me, Jim. It says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are unworthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I reckon that the suffering 
of this present time can't even be compared to the glory that God wants to reveal in you. Hmm? 818. Think about that for just a minute. Think how nervous hell gets. See, if you were at a service tonight and they were going to sing five fast, four slow, show a couple of videos, do a drama, take an offering, and send you home, hell wouldn't be upset about you. Now, and, and hear me, I'm, I'm not talking about other places. I'm talking about the temptation that we have right here to just do everything but tell you the truth. See, I mean, try to understand where, where we stand, the leadership team's at. You, you know, we're trying to do something, and so let, let's, not, let's not be pushing people too far. and let, let, Let's welcome them and warn them and, 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 and you know, uh, let's, let's chaplain Let's be a chaplaincy where, you know, that the, the people like to come. And, but I got to tell you the truth. See, I, I, I got to tell you the truth. I got to get in your face and tell you, hell's nervous about you wrapping your mind around the reality of God's word. That right in the middle of chaos, you can rise up and demonstrate Satan's defeat. You can enlarge the place where you dwell. Right in the middle of barrenness. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Go back to Isaiah 54, 2. Look at this. Don't ever cave in or give up or quit. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch. Stretch forth the curtains. Stretch. Stretch yourself. You got an enemy that's trying to get you all cramped up. No, you stretch out. Stretch your faith traveled with a tent for years and the curtains of the tent when they stretch out the curtains several things happen number one you everything inside can be seen by the outside because now the tent curtains are not down they're stretched out so it's kind of a picture of transparency you know what's going on in your life god god wants others to see it well, me and jesus we just have a little private thing that ain't the real thing God, God wants your Zoe to be on display. You know, to stretch forth the curtains, it also increases the level of covering that you operate under. More people can get in the tent when the curtains are stretched forth. See, and God's wanting to add people to your life. And there's, you know, I think sometimes we have a tendency to leave the curtains down so we have a place to hide. I, 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 I got my life and then I got the public life. No, you got life. God's system of logic, you know, where do we keep getting at? Okay, in the beginning was the word. The word, the word is logos, where we get our word logic. In the beginning, there was a system of logic, and God wrapped that in human form and put it on display on the earth so that we could see how heaven's operating because he put us here to do on earth what he was doing in heaven. He's ruling and reigning in heaven, and we're going to rule and reign on earth, but not in our system of logic, but in his. And his system of logic says, get transparent, share the life I've given you. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Stretch forth the curtains. Spare not. Right now is the season when everybody wants to back up and hold on tight and, 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 and say, well, you know, we need wisdom. Let me just challenge you on that. It's the first time you've ever wanted wisdom. You know, when you're flowing in the dough, you weren't talking about wisdom. You're like buying like crazy. 
Well, you don't think we should have wisdom? I think we should use God's wisdom. Okay? And I don't think God will have you living outside of your means. But I don't think that the circumstances dictate how you respond or react to the direction of God. So you can't be all tightened up and nervous. Spare not. You know, get over the money thing. Love people without reserve. Spare not. Share your faith without intimidation. Spare not. Live this life. Put God on display. Don't hide it. Well, what if it doesn't work? It's going to work. It's God's system of logic. Lengthen the cords and strengthen. Lengthen and strengthen. Lengthen and strengthen. Lengthen and strengthen. You know what? You got to do see when the reason you got to lengthen the cords and strengthen the stakes. I remember one time coming to Tri-Cities, Washington, bringing the tent and setting the tent up. And it was one of the first times I had been here. Not the first, but one of the first. And I was not yet accustomed to the level of wind that from time to time blows through the city. And the stakes we were using, I have to admit, were you know, kind of puny. They were axles off of mobile homes. About 1,400 pounds worth of them. Driven in the ground all around the tent. Went home one night after the meeting, come out the next day, and we had to go to Kansas to get it back. You got to lengthen the cords and strengthen the stakes because it's going to get windy. Storms are coming. Hello, storms are coming. But you know what's nuts? You get in the Bible and read about storms, and you find Jesus out walking across the water. You find him laying asleep in the bottom of a boat, headed to the other side. The storm isn't the issue. It's have you been faithful with the life he's given you? We're on verse 2. Look at verse 3 real fast. Verse 3. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand. Oh, oh. If you write in your Bible, underline this. If you don't write in that Bible, hand it to the right and grab the guys to the left. <laughs> write it in his. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. For thou shalt break. Are you getting it? Do you get it? Do you see it? It doesn't say things might work out. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. Thy seed's going to inherit the Gentiles. Your seed's going to prosper. Look at verse 4. Fear not. Come on, you little scaredy cat. Trust me. That's what God's saying to us. He knows you're going to be nervous. He knows we're nervous. He knows we can talk big in here and walk outside and storms there and go, whoa. Well, fear not. You will not be, thou shalt not. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to break forth. Okay? You're going to be uncontained. And here's what's not going to happen. You will not be ashamed. 
You will explode. But you will not be disappointed. Oh, hello. Go all the way down to verse 17. I'm closing. See, this is the one we know. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. It does not say weapons will not be formed. It says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So don't be all shocked when weapons are formed against you. You just got told weapons are going to be formed against you. You know, with all that fear not talk in the Bible, what does that mean? It's going to get scary. Don't be afraid. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you can condemn it. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. I, I want to read this one to you from the Amplified real quick. And then we're done. You doing all right? No weapon that's formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall show to be in the wrong. Listen, this peace, this righteousness, this security, this triumph over opposition, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This triumph over opposition. This, this triumph over opposition. This belongs to you because you belong to God. This triumph over opposition. About ready to have church on my own. Opposition's coming, and you're riding in the triumph. This peace, this peace, oh, there is a position of peace. That God wants to pull you up into. Zoe life. Trust me. It's a, it is a position. If you would be faithful with Zoe, you would know peace. You won't have a problem singing even though you're barren. You'll know that at the end, what he promised is going to manifest. This peace, this righteousness, this security, this triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is the righteousness or the vindication which they obtain from me. This is that which I impart to them as their justification, saith the Lord. God's going to impart some great, great stuff into your life. But it is required of a steward be faithful be full of faith be full of faith don't be contained by what you see but live a life that's uncontained by what you know amen look at somebody and tell them I, I walk in victory. Amen. Will you close your Bible, set it down, and just let me pray for you? Hallelujah.